Well, I am going to praise Ronald Acuna Jr. and his MVP clinching evening. I hope that's okay for the Cubs announcers. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Well, there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and we are wrapping up my fifth season here on the Locked On Podcast Network where it is your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube because I have a feeling that's going to be the only way you'll be able to follow podcasts soon. Oh, the landscape entertainment's confusing. Things are going all over the place. But one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do a baseball podcast all year long. Um, and thanks for those of you who listen every day, my everyday sullies who are here. And if you, uh, and who answer my trivia questions and respond on the Twitter and respond here on the YouTubes, I'm getting a bunch of nice notices and emails and texts and all sorts of things. So thanks so much for, uh, following the show. And we're going to go right through the postseason, which is going to start in about a week. A little less than a week, the postseason will begin. It's The postseason picture is becoming a little bit clearer. Um, one of the games of the night took place in Atlanta, where the Chicago Cubs are hanging on for dear life, and the Atlanta Braves are basically trying to ice the best record in baseball. Um, the Ronald Acuna Jr., remember a couple of weeks ago, it was a razor-tight race between Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna Jr. And Freeman and Betts are having a wonderful season, and they should be one, two, and three in your MVP votes. But, wow, Ronald Acuna Jr. just keeps adding more and more exclamation marks to his absolutely phenomenal uh, uh, season. He's, you know, he's already a 40-home run hitter, and in the game against the Chicago Cubs that went on today, the uh, – uh, Acuna stole a few bases and earned his way into a club that consists of him, which is the 4070 club. And, you know, we've never had that, that exact type of, uh, that exact combination of home runs and stolen bases. Acuna today, uh, went two for five. Uh, he wound up, uh, did he homer today? No, he didn't homer today. But he got a couple of key hits, uh, scored a pair of runs, uh, drove in a run, and stole a pair of bases, including one in a critical moment of the ball game. Uh, it was a weird game. This was coming right off of the what well, was the Seiya Suzuki game, and I know it stinks because Seiya Suzuki is a fine player, and the Cubs would be nowhere near the playoffs if he didn't have the fine season he had. Remember, people were talking about the Cubs 
as being potential sellers at the trade deadline. Remember, Marcus Stroman was supposed to be one of the big trade chips, and suddenly the Cubs started playing wonderfully, and some of the other teams that people were expecting to be wild card contenders started falling like a rock. I'm looking at you, Mets. I'm looking at you, Pirates. And look at you, Padres. I'm looking at you. Well, the Giants climbed back in. The Giants didn't fall like a rock until recently. In fact, the Giants lost in extra innings uh, tonight, 5-2 to two in San Francisco. And it was the first time the Padres won an extra inning game this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, Garrett Cooper and Xander Bogarts and company wound up beating the Giants. And the Padres have now passed the Giants. But that's we're not talking about that. Um so the the Cubs had that horrible game the other day where they their loss clinched the central for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you know, breathe easy, Brewers fans. Your team won tonight, three to two. So they they are an eighty nine win team. In all probability, they'll be a ninety some odd win team going to the playoffs. So there you go. But the Cubs needed to dust themselves off. Because the, the, the division's off the table now, and now they're fighting for their playoff lives. Now, they got some good news when they looked up and they saw the Marlins lost the first game of a doubleheader to the New York Mets. They got more good news when the Battle of Ohio went the way of uh, the Cleveland Guardians in a 4-3 to three victory. The Reds rallied late, but the, the Cleveland wound up winning that game. But the Cubs needed to win this game to save face, to put the, the awfulness of Suzuki not catching that ball the other day behind them. And they wound up uh, they wound up taking a 3-1 lead, looked pretty solid, uh, and it went to the, the Braves wound up tying the game in the eighth. Uh, the Cubs took the lead in the ninth, home run, gave the uh, Braves, tied the game for the Braves. The Cubs scored another run the top of the 10th, but couldn't rally big. And then they rallied in the bottom of the 10th. Uh, and one of the moments included uh, a, a Cunha Jr. getting a base hit to tie the game in extra innings. And then he stole second. It was his second stolen base of the game. And the fans at whatever the heck the it's not Fulton County Stadium. It's not Turner Field. It's what a Sun Truist Park, whatever it's called. The New Braves Field is what I'm calling it. Went absolutely ballistic. And Acuna Jr. stole his 70th base. No one in the history of baseball has ever hit 40 home runs and stolen 70 bases. And they stopped the game for a moment for him to pick up the base, hold it in the air, this milestone. They played a quick little video package on there. And on the big screen to celebrate it, and then the game resumed. Um, <laughs> it was very clear that the Cubs television announcers were not a fan of this big moment. Um, I, to, to, in a weird way, I can understand saying, hey, it's a game with playoff implications. It's a game where the, you know, where the Cubs playoff lives are on the line right now, okay? And the Cubs announcers saying, like, give me a break. This is ridiculous. You know, what, they're going to do this? Stop the game? Okay. First of all, I'm never a fan of the fun police. If you want to celebrate, celebrate. Do what you want. Here's the other. There's two other quick things. 
I'm, you know, so grumpy. And baseball has to do something about this. I'm not saying they have to have rah-rah siskumba, but they have to stop having the narrators of a baseball game be a bunch of grumpy old men who don't like fun, okay? Baseball has a big enough problem of its whole we're a non-fun league that we don't have to have the, the people narrating it be, hey, my day, we used to just eat the dirt. You know, shut up. They're celebrating this guy's achievement, all right? And, by the way, it did stop the game for a little bit. Do it also stop the game earlier? A ridiculous blown call. A pass ball that scored a run for the Chicago Cubs was, by on all accounts, a foul ball. Every angle showed it, but it's a non-reviewable play. Why? Why is that a non-reviewable play? If you could explain why something like that's non-reviewable, when we can review it, it's like, oh, look at that. What if this? What if the cut? What if that was the game-winning run, and the Cubs made the playoffs by a single game, and you could say, oh, they won that game they shouldn't have won. Come on, folks, that stopped the game. Big argument and everything like that. But here's the deal: as you're being the fun police, saying. Oh, it's ridiculous. This is a game with playoff implications of blah, blah, blah. It's not for the Braves. The Braves are a 100-win team. When you've already clinched a playoff spot, guess what? You can act any way you want in that time. If, you want to, if the Braves wanted to rest all of their starters, they don't owe the Reds, the Marlins, they don't owe anybody anything. The Braves won the division and did so handily over a very good Philadelphia team. And so if the Braves want to rest all their starters, they can. If they want to have if they want to have a marching band come out and and form the words Ronald Acuña Jr including the accent over the end. That's their prerogative. When you clinch, you can act any way you want. It's not their fault the Cubs couldn't get out of their own way. It's not the Braves' fault that Suzuki dropped the fly ball the other day. And here we go. The Braves wound up walking off the game for their 102nd win of the year. And the even though the, the Mets smacked around the Marlins in the first game of their doubleheader, in the second game of the doubleheader, the Marlins held on. They rallied late. And they wound up winning the game uh, with, uh, was it Nardi getting the save uh, with a 4-2 to victory, doubled up the Mets, 4-2. to And with that victory, the Marlins are now tied with the Cubs. They have tied the Cubs in the final wild card spot. And so we're going to enter the next bunch of days knowing that the Cubs and the Marlins are dead even. And the Cubs better wipe them, better try to wipe themselves, wipe the proverbial slate clean. Now, to, on Thursday, the Braves play the Cubs again. The Braves could rest everybody. They don't owe anyone anything. The Cubs are throwing Stroman. The Braves are throwing uh, Smith-Scheuer. On paper, Stroman is the advantage, but, you know, We've learned not to make these sort of judgments because who knows what's going to happen. By the way, I do want to say one thing because the Braves um, are, are an unbelievable team in their offense. When you look up and down, 
just in terms of their home run production. Okay. Uh, Sean Murphy has 21 homers. Olsen has 53. This is, this is going uh, into uh, Wednesday's game. Murphy has 21 home runs. Olsen has 53 home runs. Uh, Ozzy Albee has 32 home runs. RC has 17. Austin Rowley has 37 homers. Eddie Rosario has 21 homers. Who knew? Michael Harris, the second, not the first one. Forget about the first. Michael Harris, the second, has 18 home runs. Acuna Jr. has 41 home runs. Travis Darno has, as a reserve catcher, has 11 home runs. Um, and I got to double check something. Did, did uh, Kevin Pillar homer today? I do not think he did. I have to go check uh, the, the scoreboard here. I do not think Pilar, uh, no, Pilar, no, he came up with a pinch here. He did not homer. I want Kevin Pilar to hit a home run in the regular season because that would mean that would be his 10th home run of the year. And that would mean the Atlanta Braves would have 11 players in double-digit home runs going into the postseason. I like that. I like big, powerful teams, and I don't think that's asking a lot. And if he gets that home run against the Cubs, I hope they stop the game for a 20-minute ceremony. All right, now it is time to talk about what? It's the time to talk about game time. Because let me tell you something, I am here in Los Angeles County. And the Dodgers, am I a Dodger fan? No, but I want to see playoff baseball. The Dodgers are in it. And so I am scheming. How am I going to get to see one of the postseason games? We know they're going to be playing in the division series. So how am I going to pull this off? I think I'm going to wind up using game time because I shouldn't have to worry whenever I'm buying the big tickets for the big events. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from the seat, and their best price guarantee. Last-minute tickets, flash deal, and zone deals are all there through game time. You get to see the view, and they get the lowest price guarantee with event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Look at game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from the seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a real deal without all those hidden fees and you can buy tickets in seconds with beep beep two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N M L B. That's locked on MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, you get the lowest prices. And guess what? It's guaranteed. Okay. Um, you know, the, 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 Cubs and their television people. They're, they're the fun police. Um, big, big, huge, gigantic loss today for the Seattle Mariners. And this is uh, kind of sort of devastating. Now, just think about what happened uh, a few weeks ago when the Mariners, 
they did not play well against the Dodgers. And they were at, they were tied for first place in early September. Then they went on a slump, and the Dodgers smacked them around. Off they went to Oakland. They wound up sweeping the Oakland A's and found themselves a half game out of first place and going on to play the Texas Rangers. And they had images, if they won that series, they had images of winning the division title dancing in their head. And little did they know, they were yet a huge help, huge, huge piece of help from the Kansas City Royals who would go on to sweep the Houston Astros. Well, they played the Rangers three times. They played the Astros three times. That's six games, and they've lost five of them. They went one and five in that stretch. Now, a couple of the games were super close. Today was closer than the eight to three final led on because it was a one-run game going into the seventh. But the Mariners jumped on Valdez early and couldn't get the big hit. And then, you know, Alvarez got the big home run. But it, the the moment, the, the, the absolute killer moment was the the home run by um what's what was his name? God, why can't I remember his name? Um he God, I am I am I think I may be losing my mind. Um Dubon. He got the uh Dubon hit the three run home run that just suddenly just you just got a sinking feeling. Even when the Mariners pulled within one, you just got the sinking feeling oh no it's not their night. It's not their night. And with that Give the Astros credit. The Astros had gotten swept by Kansas City, had to go to Seattle with a with a chance of falling totally out of the playoffs on the table. And they wound up taking two out of three. Verlander pitched like an ace. Um, they, they got what they needed today, even after the uh, a really convincing loss. Uh, you know, the, the Mariners looked very, very good the other day. So they wound up winning the series, and now Seattle is a game and a half back with, uh, I believe, only three to play. Yeah, I believe Seattle is off tomorrow. Uh, no, they start the Rangers. They have the four games with the Rangers. Oh, my God. That's right. They got four games left with the Rangers. The Rangers could win the division just by splitting the series. And they could absolutely put the Seattle Mariners season to bed. Now, we've seen how weird this season is. And and meanwhile, the Astros are going to be playing the Diamondbacks, which is an interesting series because the Diamondbacks are at home and they are fighting for their playoff lives. So they're going to have a very motivated Diamondbacks team playing the Houston Astros. We have seen instances of teams sweeping another team. Hell, I just mentioned the Kansas City Royals sweeping the Astros. It's only four games. A team can go on a four-game losing streak. A team can go on a four-game winning streak. It has happened. So there is a outside possibility that the Diamondbacks play the Astros really tough and the uh, Mariners, who are currently – well, they'd have to sweep the Rangers in order to catch them. And I believe uh, – and I actually believe that point is moot because I believe the uh, – uh, the Rangers have that season series. So, yeah, the chances of the Mariners actually winning the division are non-existent. But, hey, not the point. The point is 
that the Mariners picked one of the, you know, like I've always said, it's never the right time. It's never the wrong time to go on a big winning streak. But, wow, this is the wrong time to be doing a, a face plant because the the time, you don't have time to make up for it. And it's sad because I like this Mariner team, but I think they may have just shot themselves in the foot. The Astros, for all their ups and downs, they have found a way to win when they have to. Someone's pointed out that they play up to their competition. The fact that they got swept by Kansas City may have shown there's some truth to that. But if that's the case, then playing up to a team like Arizona, who's probably going to be a playoff team, shows that they're going to be incredibly dangerous, even if they don't win the division. It's pretty clear the Rangers are going to win their division, and save for a startling face plant, it looks like the Astros are going to take that third spot and the Mariners are going to be outside looking in for the second time in three years. They'll be going to the final weekend of the season with a shot to do something and will in all likelihood fall short. Should they switch managers? Should they change tax? Should they do something else? I don't know. It really looked like this Mariner team was going to do something go far. But you know what? They just made it tough on themselves. And now they're going to have to face the Texas Rangers who want to ice a division title and allow their pitchers to ice their arms. And the Mariners, man, the season on the line, they could have gone this way or that. They could have secured a playoff spot and pushed the Astros clear out of the playoffs, or they could have shot themselves in the foot. Blammo. Okay, who are we talking about now? We are talking about our friends over at, drumroll please, FanDuel. Now, look it. It's time to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I've been thinking about joining FanDuel, and there's no better time to get into the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. A uh, nice moment happened in the game between Cleveland and Cincinnati. Uh, basically, the the Battle of Ohio. Uh, the Guardians held off to win by one run. And this is the last home game of the year for Cleveland. And it's going to be the last game for Terry Francona. The nice moment is that Jose Ramirez, one of the remaining stars of the 2016 World Series team for Cleveland, basically blocked the dugout, blocked Terry Francona from getting to the dugout so he can take a couple extra bows for the fans in Cleveland. And um, I saw that a little tear in my eye. I'm not going to lie to you. Terry Francona is my favorite manager of all time. Uh, as a lifelong Red Sox fan, I think you could understand why. If you don't know, he was the manager of the 2004 and 2007 World Series team. He was the exact manager that the Red Sox needed to have kind of 
you know, not the super taskmaster, allow the team's personality to happen, uh, which meant they were loosey-goosey when they were down 3-0 against the Yankees. It's funny. The Red Sox nearly won the World Series in 1975. They nearly went to the playoffs in 1978. They nearly won the World Series in 1986. They had one of the most beloved teams in their history in 1988. They nearly went to the World Series in 2003. And each one of those years I just mentioned, they had a different manager. Daryl Johnson in 75, Don Zimmer in 78, Johnny McNamara in 86, Joe uh, Walpole, Joe Morgan in 88, and of course, Grady Little in 2003. And if the Red Sox had won any of those years, you could have pointed to those managers and say, well, they were the perfect fit. Daryl Johnson was this stoic, stone-faced man who wasn't phased by anything. Yeah, he was the one that was perfect fit. Don Zimmer, baseball lifer. <sighs> Not my favorite person in baseball history. I'm glad it wasn't Zimmer. Um, Johnny Mack, nice Irish Catholic boy, baseball lifer, who was beloved by many of the superstars he managed, including Reggie Jackson and Tom Seaver. Walpole Joe Morgan was kind of the ideal one because he was a local. He was from Walpole, Massachusetts. He just looked and sounded like a guy you expected to see at the Dunkin' Donuts. And he happened to be managing the Red Sox to the postseason with the 1988 and 1990 American League East champions. Grady Little was like a good old boy who, if the Red Sox had held on and beat the Yankees and if they had beaten Florida in the World Series, Grady Little, that, that would have been the narrative. Oh, they needed a guy, just a laid-back old good old boy like Grady Little to pull it off. But no, none of them were the ones. It was Terry Francona. And we saw that he, look at, he wasn't always the best in terms of on-field strategy, but man, he always pushed the right buttons. And he got the right motivation out of those players in the two World Series titles and nearly a third pennant in 2008. Off he goes to Cleveland. We actually spent more time in Cleveland than in Boston. And, of course, he had the connection to Cleveland. His father played for Cleveland all those years. And he had a cameo with the then Indians as a player. And Cleveland got to within one swing of winning the World Series in 2016. They had arguably their greatest team of all time in 2017. They got upset by the Yankees. It would have been interesting to see if how they would have faced against the Astros, who had their <clears throat> edge. But, man, I keep thinking about if Jason Kipnis uh, foul ball didn't hook foul and he would have won a World Series in Cleveland and in Boston. As it were, his legacy is that of someone who seemed to be having fun. So, you know, he seemed to be someone who was enjoying his position as manager and took it seriously, but got his team to win with a little bit of a smile, and he was into it. He would cheer along with them, and I found him impossible to root against, maybe because he led my team to a World Series title. We're going to miss him. Now, uh, one of the things that made his legacy was part of the trivia question I asked the other day, which was how many current managers, current major league managers, were players who played under Terry Francona? And uh, both Court Stell and uh, Craig Brindle got it correct. The answer is eight. There are eight current managers who at one point or another were a player where their manager was Terry Francona. 
Dave Roberts of the Dodgers. Torrey Lavulo of the Diamondbacks, who was his played under him when he was the manager of the Phillies briefly. Alex Cora with the Red Sox. He was part of the 2007 World Series champs. Uh, David Ross with the Cubs, who was part of the 2008, uh, went to the ALCS in 2008. He also was part of the World Series champion team in 2013, but that was managed by um, Farrell. Rocco Baldelli of the Twins, who briefly played for the Red Sox under Francona. Gabe Kapler of the Giants, who was a member of the 2004 Red Sox. Kevin Cash of the Rays, who was part of the 2007 World Series champion Red Sox. And Mark Kotze, manager of the A's, who was the first baseman on the Red Sox team that got to Game 7 of the ALCS in 2008. So there you go. Eight current managers were uh, studied under Terry Francona. And so he not only had a great lasting impression on the field, but seemed to have been a mentor to a slew of managers. And so, you know, good luck, Terry Francona. I'm sure he's going to have a fine career. I'm sure he's going to be a uh, an announcer here or there, but he's also a millionaire. And he's going to the Hall of Fame soon. So there you go, and off you go. But today's trivia question came to me as I was thinking about, I'm coming up with topics for episodes of the podcast during the off season. And I, was, I came up with an idea for one. And along the way, I had to do my own homework. And I came up with today's trivia question. And it is this. And I, there are two answers. So there's two names I'm looking for. Who hit the most home runs in a, their career for the Milwaukee Braves? And who hit the most home runs in their career for the Atlanta Braves? In other words, what person just with Atlanta, not with Milwaukee, just the home runs in Atlanta, who has the biggest total and who has the most home runs just for home runs hit in Milwaukee, not the Boston, not with mixed with the Boston Braves or the Atlanta Braves, which who has the most home runs lifetime for the Milwaukee Braves and who has the most home runs lifetime for the Atlanta Braves. And the one hint I'll give you is the answer for neither answer is Henry Aaron. Henry Aaron has the most home runs in Braves history when you combine his total with Milwaukee and Atlanta. But if you take them apart, there is a Milwaukee Brave who hit more home runs than Henry Aaron. And there is actually two Atlanta Braves who hit more home runs than Henry Aaron. I just need the top ones. If you could name all three, that's a bonus. But who are, who is the all-time Milwaukee Brave home run king and the all-time Atlanta Brave home run king? And neither one is Henry Aaron. So send me those answers to Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email, or you can send them to me. I'm your pal Sully at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, or do it right here on YouTube. 
celebrating Ronald Acuna's great achievement, even if the Cubs announcers would rather I not. This has been Locked On MLB for the 28th day of September 2023. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. You are. Make sure not to hit the wrong button, Sully.